0: You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike strevel They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. Of the scriptures together this morning
1: to the 10th chapter of the book of Luke. And we're going to consider an extremely well-known, maybe the most well-known parable of the Savior, and that is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I want us to take notice, um, beginning with last Sunday, Today and for a couple of more Sundays, Lord willing, the parables that Jesus taught that we're going to give thought to focus around, are focused on, um, service and some emphasis upon money. Jesus taught concerning every aspect of our lives, including the money that we receive. Um, and last weekend, last Sunday, we spoke to you, uh, out of Luke also, about uh, Lazarus, the rich man and Lazarus. How that the rich man fared sumptuously every day, Lazarus, the poor beggar, lay at his gate and suffered continually, apparently uh, unrelieved by the rich man, who could have easily have relieved some of the sufferings of, of Lazarus, but he did not. And he only thought about it when he was in hell and thought then of his family. <clears throat> in Luke chapter 10, we want to begin reading in order to consider the context of the parable of a good Samaritan. In Luke chapter 10, we'll start reading in verse, actually verse 25. <clears throat> And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, tested him, put him to the test with this question, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the, the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him then said Jesus unto him go and do thou likewise well again a very familiar parable is before us so familiar perhaps that if we're not careful we shall lose sight of, of its true meaning and and also if we're not careful we will think Ah, oh, that's That's a good story. That's that's a good parable. But my friends, unless you and I this morning are able to say, what is God saying to me in this parable? Then obviously we will have missed the entire point of it. If it has, it only has meaning as it has meaning to me personally. It only has meaning as it has meaning to you personally. Jesus Tells another story about money. When he says about one man that he had a bumper crop and, and he was not able to store all of the food that he'd gathered up. So he gets the bright idea that he'll tear down his barns and build bigger barns. That way he'll be able to store more, hoard up more for himself. Jesus said of him, thou foe, this day your soul will be required of thee then. Whose will those things be that you have gathered up? There's a, there's an important lesson in this parable, obviously about compassion. And that's often the main point of what's made as we consider this parable. And it's there, of course. But as I thought on this parable, I believe there's something a little, a little more basic than that. And I think that's probably our greatest challenge as we go through our lives. And that is the challenge of living outside myself. Because you and I, by nature, are selfish people. We have a great tendency to think of ourselves first. Now that's what comes natural to us. That comes naturally. We do not have to make ourselves think about ourselves. It, it is, it is a, a higher plane of living to live outside of oneself and to think of someone besides myself. The rich man in Lazarus, uh, the rich man thought of no one but himself. After his death, he thought about his brothers, but of course it was too late then. He only thought of himself. How many times might he have passed by this poor beggar who lay at his gate watching him eat the, the, the garbage from his house and the dogs licking his wounds and somehow passed by with a callous eye. You know, you and I have never lived in a country, thankfully, where, where beggars are common. As a matter of fact, you may have lived all of your life and never actually seen a beggar, someone who actually uh makes whatever living he does by by begging for money. But I tell you that it doesn't take long to become callous to that if we're not careful. I remember when we got into India and Africa, um, my my heart was just touched by the children roaming the streets begging the first day and the second day. But by the time days had gone by, weeks had gone by, I would sometimes look at these begging children on the street no more than I might consider uh, a dog walking down the street or or another person walking down the street. It's easy to become callous. And it's easy to think that, well you know, I can't alleviate all of the suffering of the world. And, and you can't. And, and uh, you know, we'd always tried to keep some money in our pockets to give to these, to these begging children and begging adults for that matter. And the, the, the people there said, that's not the best way to go about this. So we started trying to carry sacks of bread around to give to people because these children would go off and buy some candy. Oh, bless their poor hearts, you know. Kids are kids everywhere. They might be starving to death, but they'd go spend their last nickel on a a candy bar. Or a quarter or fifty cents or whatever they cost anymore. Dollar, I guess what i to say. Well, you think, I can't do I can't solve all the world's problems. I can't deal with everything that that's out there. I can't alleviate all the suffering of the world. Well, that's not the point of the parable either of the two parables. It is that in the providence of God, God brings into our path along the way people who need help. People whom you'd rather not help. They may not be physical beggars lying at your door. In some ways, they would be the easiest of, of all to take consideration of but it's it's the person who's hurting maybe the person who is habitually or chronically in some sort of need and our tendency is to think well you know if they just do such and such they wouldn't be in this shape and then there may come a time and a place to where you'd be doing someone a disservice doing them more harm than good than by continually habitually uh, abetting their Weakness or some self-imposed condition. But that's not usually our problem. Our problem is, here's this person with a need in my path. And our flesh says, I'd rather not fool with this. I'd rather not deal with this. I know there's a need, but probably somebody else can do it better than I. And so Jesus talks about this this uh in response to the question, actually the bigger question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well what does what does the Bible say? And the lawyer said, well love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you've got the right answer. That's correct. Anyone who does that will be will live forever. It is the indication of it. It's not the cause of it, but it's a person who loves the Lord is God with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind, and loves his neighbor like, like he loves himself, then he would have all the assurance in the world that that he would be with God in glory when he died. But the lawyer says, well, but who is my neighbor? Well, he should have left well enough alone. Because if you think about your neighbor, wow, that's the people that you're around all the time. It's the people who lives next live next door to you. It's, People you rub shoulders with all the time, they're your neighbors, the people who live in your neighborhood. They're, they are your neighbors. But oh my, Jesus has a different slant on this thing. And he tells the story about this man who was going down to Jerusalem and fell among thieves, who, who attacked him, beat him half to death, stole, obviously, Whatever he possessed and left him lying alongside the road. A pitiful, a pitiful case. Probably not a terribly uncommon scene for a traveler in those days. You know, in our own day, we've, we've heard of such horrible incidents where, where people are accosted in some sort of public arena and, and people just stand around and watch and don't do anything. Uh, People who hear the screams and the shouts of those who are being attacked and and just wouldn't get involved, wouldn't do anything. People even dying of that. And we we kind of shrink back in horror. But let me tell you, we've grown up in America here in in a really sheltered kind of culture and environment where we're we're not used to that kind of thing. We don't see that often. Have you ever seen someone lying beside the road uh, beat up? You've never seen that. I've, I've never seen that. And, and so there's, there's, there's something here to be said about just the exact instance that Jesus gives, but there's something to be said above this because here's, here's something that Jesus has done, and consider this. Jesus is not just talking about helping someone who's beat up alongside the road. Jesus is talking about going outside yourself and above and beyond yourself to help someone who is in need, and that's the point of the parable. And so it says here that uh, as as this man lay here, verse thirty one says, "And by chance there came a certain priest that way." Well, I'd, I'd love to do something with that word chance. Um, you know, we we. Uh, we don't we don't usually like the idea of chance and think that in the, with the, sovereign, the sovereignty of God there's no such thing as chance and so I'm I'm happy to report to you that the word does not exactly mean what we think of by the word chance um, it is it is the only time this word is used in the New Testament and the the uh some of the more modern versions really convey the better idea of coincidence uh, a, a a co-happening of two things. These two things happened together. They occurred at the same time. Now, of course, that might imply chance, and so the King James writers use the word chance here. But chance to us indicates some matter of just uh, fate, some sort of it just it just happened that way. It just there's no purpose to it. But the word itself is is that's made the word chance is the putting together of two words one of which is the word from which we get our word lord kurios this is ordered of the lord set by the lord this was something that was that was uh, orchestrated and so the word chance doesn't quite convey the idea of what took place here this is something that ought to make us consider that as our writers have often well said that nothing in the universe takes place by chance. Everything that takes place is by divine order and by divine purpose. There is purpose for everything in our lives. If we did not know that, if we did not consider that truth, then certainly we would be of all men most miserable when things happen. When I get cancer. When I have uh, troubles of one sort or another. And if I just think, well it just somehow, by some divine lottery, it fell out this way, then I might be tempted to wonder what, like Edgar Allan Poe did in his morbid poem, The Raven, that God's just up there and he's just run out of, just absolutely run out of something useful to do. So he's going to, he's going to play some ugly tricks on some of his creatures. And of course his problem was his sweetheart had died. And he couldn't see any reason to his sweetheart dying. And so God's just doing this. Well, um, God has purpose. And sometimes it doesn't look like there's a connection, but listen, I love to I love to think, and it gives me great joy and blessing in my life to think that there is connection about everything that happens to me. There's some divine connection that God is working this for my good and for His glory, and then I'm able to, I think, have a better response to what goes on around me. Well, the Levite passed by and saw him. He went by on the other way. He got as far away from it as he could. Uh, then a Levite, well, a priest and a Levite are two very similar things, the Levites uh were all priestly tribes, they weren't all practicing priests. Some of the Levites, their jobs were uh to to handle and to care for the things about the temple. They may not actually offer the sacrifices. The priests offer the sacrifices. They're they're the ones who if if we were to make a a a connection here and make this a more modern thing, we'd we'd make this preachers and deacons, is what we would do here. A preacher passed by and a deacon passed by. That's what the, that's what the priests were. The priests were the ones who actually carried out the religious services. The Levites were the ones who supported them. They, they carried the tent. They carried the loads. They, they, they cleaned up around, uh, the, the meat and the offerings and all that were taken care of. The priest didn't actually do all of that stuff. He, he, the priest focused on actual making an offering of the sacrifices. So, so for us preachers and deacons, this, this is, this is more particularly for us. Because here we preachers and deacons who ought to be the most concerned about human need and suffering, he says they passed by calloused. Oh, they had things to to do. Maybe the preacher thought, I can't stop. I'm, I'm going to go preach a sermon. I'm on my way to preach. I can stop and help this person. Maybe a deacon would say, you know, I'm I'm on my way to uh, prepare the Lord's supper, and if I don't get there on time, well, it won't work. I, can't, I ain't got time to do this. Now, Jesus could have picked anybody else almost and made his point. He, he could have just been a common, ordinary Jew, a common, ordinary man. But no, Jesus had to pick someone whom was absolutely unpredictably concerned about this. Probably Jewish man, and he was a Samaritan. Well, we won't belabor the point of Samaritans. You know, you know who the Samaritans were. They were the half-breed Jews who lived in Samaria, and and uh, for the most part, the Jews had little, if any, dealings with them. And the Samaritans hated the Jews just as much as the Jews hated the Samaritans. This this uh, ethnic uh, rivalry went both ways. They 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 despised each other. Remember the, the woman at the well? She was a Samaritan, and she was absolutely shocked that Jesus would stop and say anything to her. Not only was she a woman, she was a Samaritan, and she was utterly shocked that this Jew would take time to talk to her. Well, here's this Samaritan. Josephus said of the Samaritans, that Josephus was a first-century Jew who gave a detailed account of what all went on in Israel in the first century, Of course, he had no love lost for the Samaritans. He said, those Samaritans, if they see somebody going down to Jerusalem, going on their way to Jerusalem, they'll, they'll rob them and beat them up. And that's why, that's why that, you know, you had, you had Judea, then you had Samaria, then you had Galilee, then over here you had Perea. So on these three sides of Samaria were places that were dominated by Jews. So if a Jew wanted to go from Judea to Galilee, he would circumvent, he would go around Samaria and go through Perea and up into Galilee and vice versa. That would keep them from having to go through Samaria. That's how much they, they just wouldn't even want to go through the area that was inhabited by Samaritans. And Samaritans, of course, they had no reason to go down to Jerusalem. The Samaritan woman said, you Jews say you ought to worship at Jerusalem, but we say here on Mount Gerizim is where men ought to worship. And so, you remember, she tried to engage Jesus in this religious argument. Well, a Samaritan of all people. A Samaritan of all people. Why would a Samaritan stop and help this man? A total stranger. This man who was a different ethnic group from himself. They were racially, of course, very much the same. They were religiously very similar. Why would he do that? for one point Jesus is making, and He's making it clearly by calling this man a Samaritan, and that is this. God has brought this man with a need into my path. He is therefore your neighbor. And you cannot fulfill the divine command of thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind and thy neighbor as thyself if we turn a deaf ear and eye to the needs of those who are brought into our path.
0: Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says... And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also.